Councillor Pat Burke, you're very welcome. Good morning. Scarif Bay. Morning, morning John, and Happy New Year to both of you. I'm sure you'd, you'd go along with us in, in oh, our absolutely. sentiments about yes, that. Yes, yes. Uh, and it was only at the end of the of the the interview I discovered that you were at his house, that he wasn't here. Yeah. And I drove yeah. over, I thought maybe he was sitting <laughs> here and I'd meet him on the, uh, yeah. going out the door as I came in. Yeah. So you were down at his, at we his house. We were at his an house, amazing yeah. man. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't, he couldn't make it into studio. So yeah, so we, you went down. We recorded. Yeah, very good. Ah, we're so lucky to have Alfie, you know, and he, he's an amazing man. He is. For, oh, he is, yeah. Unique. Everything to do with the graveyard and he's, the way he comes across, you know, and he is so modest and, and, you know, we've had plenty of, of during Heritage Week and that type of thing. We've in the community have, have brought Alfie on board to give us tours of Clanrush and explain yeah. to people the yeah. history there. And, and indeed, it was Alfie that prompted myself to get the restoration works or try and get something done there. So we were fortunate to get yes. grant aid from the department to carry yeah. out those works. But yeah. that was prompted by Alfie, I can Good. tell you. Yes, yeah. we went down to have a look at it. Because yes. we, neither yes. of us had seen it now since yes. the, the works yeah. were done. No, we were thrilled with that now. To, to, yeah. And uh, just to say, I suppose, Clanrush, is, as you went down there, it's very well maintained. and Beautiful. Uh, in the, the county council, um, they tell me of the 160 or so graveyards in County Clare, they rate Clanrush up there in the top three or four really? for maintenance and for the way things are done and whatever. Yes, so we, a lot of that is down to Alfie, to be honest. I know. And That's it means, right. of course, that the, the monuments that are there and the remains of the buildings and churches and the cell, mm. uh, St. Coleman's cell, uh, yeah. are, are going to be preserved for, for future That's generations as it. well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and yeah. They won't be kind of falling into ruin. And, yeah. uh, you know, so other communities, you know, have seen this now and will be knocking on the door for grant aid to do similar projects, you know, Pat, so that was a kind of a template. When we were talking to Alfie, um, he had asked us whether, in fact, um, uh, it was possible to do a video and have it uh, as a visual oh, yes, uh, record. Okay. okay. So we can do that. Good, good. We, we have the... Uh, the, the technology. 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 <laughs> we're with all indeed. So sure, yeah. sometime... In in the late spring and when there's a bit of warmth coming okay. into the yes. air again, we'll set that up Very good. and we'll do a, a combination then video of Clanrush mm. and the features in it that yeah, are great. of of historic okay, that'd be uh, great interest it, yeah. and uh, and we'll t- take it from there, Jim. Yes, absolutely. Listen, we're delighted to have you anyway. Yeah, uh, look, as I said, good morning, morning again and Happy New Year. And, um, I, you know, the festivities are, are a bit quieter than normal, I suppose, ringing yeah. in the New Year. But I could maybe do with that sweat house for a half an hour, John, <laughs> that you spoke about. Oh, you heard there. that one. <laughs> <laughs> small bit rough and ready now this morning, but sure, we'll have a go anyway. <laughs> well, you're looking well. <laughs> anyway, <Pat>. Lovely. But <laughs> Lovely. I suppose today, being the 1st of January 2022, um, from the point of view of yourself and your colleagues as public representatives, as councillors here in the <laughs> Kildu Municipal District. I suppose, what's on your agenda, if you like? What's on your agenda and, um, and what kind of things, issues, problems or opportunities are you going to be facing in 2022? Um, plenty of them, Jim, but I suppose the first, to start with a bit of good news, obviously, the awarding of the contract for the Killaloo Bypass. Yes. I mean, we've spoken about it. So often, when I first went into the council in 2009, I remember uh, not being long in there when we were presented with this preferred route for the Killaloo Bypass. That was in 2009. So here we are in 2022, finally going to see 
um, work starting there hopefully in the springtime. Yes. So the contract was awarded to, to CISCs um, builders to carry out this work, which will take, I think, two to three years yeah. or whatever. But, my God, it'll be some game changer. It will. It will. It's hard it will. To, it's, isn't it hard to know how it will actually impact on uh, the development, further development of East Clare? It's, it's, it's the potential, like, to, yeah. to, to just visualise coming off the M7 motorway yes. and being in Ogunalo in 10 minutes, for example. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the, how, how that will change. And obviously around... I thought you were going to say, passing through Ogunalo in 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> They'd and, like uh, you to stop there. Yes, of course, know. of course, yeah. Um, new cafe over there now, I believe, but, um, yeah. through Mile Gate and around to Scarif, yeah. Tungraney Scarif, Mount Shannon, and around to Whitegate. And I've always, I suppose... Of all the public representatives, to be honest with you, I used to get an awful lot of calls, Pat, any news on the Killaloo Bypass. Because when you think about it, from Whitegate, Mount Shannon, Scariff, Tungraney, around to Killaloo, if you're living in Bodike, for example, the Killaloo Bypass may not impact you if you're working in Limerick, for example, because you'd be going on to Broadford or whatever. So it is really this corner for people commuting mm. or working in uh, Limerick. Yeah. that will benefit. Well, I suppose... Yeah. And that's why, you know, Tony O'Brien lives in Killaloo. Obviously, he'll have different benefits to my neighbours. You, you know what yeah. I mean? So it, it yeah. was really this corner here. Well, when I, I started driving back in the 70s, I mean, you wouldn't think of going to Killaloo or going to Limerick the way you'd go is through Budike and Broadford. Yes, yes. Uh, but, you know, since the... I suppose the motorway and, yeah. the, and the... What is it called? The N... 18 or the M50 or something around M25 is it which one the one around Limerick M20 but M20 yeah. since, yeah. since those have, is London it yeah. is yeah. yes <laughs> but since we since yes. those yes. have been developed I know, uh, I know it's, it's, but the bridge of course is the one obstacle that's right and people who commute to Limerick uh, through Broadford and on into Carberley they tell me there in the mornings is chaos chaos you know at, particularly at school time there in Carberley and, and trying to get through all those sets of traffic lights and that I was talking to somebody the other day who has moved actually from Limerick to Innes and they'll find it so much easier mm. that's where the the Kuna to Nakalishin uh, or the, what they call the Northern Distributor the Limerick Northern Distributor Road mm. which will when you arrive in at Larkins Cross you will meet this new road there that'll take you left down to the university or north up to the you know the, the Innes side of Limerick if you like the Limerick Northern Distributor Route that's going to to um, come on board in the next couple of years as well and that's going to be a, a major game changer because of you know the lack of access to the university yeah. from here yeah. the Killaloo bypass will improve that of course but yeah. then if you're in Budike or Broadford or over that direction yeah you'd it's still the route you'd want yes exactly yeah. exactly so that's the big news there before Christmas the awarding of that and um, the Killaloo Bellina town mobility plan then which we adopted sees a new vision for Killaloo and Bellina mm. in the next couple of years as well and long term the, the plan would be to pedestrianise the current bridge. Mm. No traffic um, at all once the new bypass is up Just and running. Would, would that in include uh, bicycles? It would, of course, it, yeah. When, that's when we say pedestrianisation, that always incorporates bicycles. It does now, it? it does, yeah. And the new bypass, of course, will incorporate cycle that's lanes right. as well. and that you know. Pat, I know that uh, this is probably a bit early uh, to be throwing it out to you, but the development plan has... Being published. Oh, the county development, the county plan, development yes, plan. Yes, isn't that right? That's right. I'm and yeah. um, I had a a brief, a, you know, gawk mm -hmm. at it uh, last night just to get the headings, and um, I can see that the con the council are very anxious to get community involvement. Yeah. Tell me this. 
Will they? Will the council, the decision makers, listen to community groups who make submissions? When I say listen, mm -hmm. listen with purpose. Okay, mm. is it possible? But to they certainly that. invite all the submissions and they're inviting them up until the 28th of March. Yeah. So there's plenty of time for people to make submissions. And, and to answer your question, John, yes, I would like to think so that submissions will be taken on board with a push from ourselves as well, because yeah. at the end of the day, it's the elected members county development plan. You know, yes. we're always reminding the officials of that. We will be the ones adopting the plan if we like it. You have to actually vote that. Yes, yes. And then if there's aspects of the plan when it's sent to the to the Minister for the Environment, um, <clears throat> it can come back, of course, you know, saying yeah. that they are not happy. Like the officials tell us it's our plan, but at the same time, they try and twist our arms on certain things, you know. So this yeah. is going to go down to the wire. I've predicted this yeah. from a long ways back, the adoption of this Did county you? development plan. Yeah. Because of the decline, I suppose, in rural Ireland in, you know, villages and, and in the greater countryside and the d decline in population figures and that type of thing, you know, we'll be fighting for, for those yeah. rural communities could, yeah, as yeah. we do. Could we, Jim, could we <coughs> look at that? Because I, th that's straight into our, you know, area of interest. We're hearing a reading nearly every week uh, negative comments coming out of West Clare and North Clare, okay, mm -hmm. regarding the decline of villages, and we have we have uh, we have uh, Clooney Quinn uh, Community Group. We were talking to them, and we'll be talking mm -hmm. to them today, okay, mm -hmm. and they're pointing out that they're little village yeah. of Clooney is dying on its feet. Unbelievable to think of their proximity to Innes that that's, that's, that's it yeah. now, Pat. Yeah, exactly. Them over there, so, so the, close to the, the motorway and, and proximity to Innes. And, 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 and dynamic kind of thinking coming yeah, out of there. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, um, of course, Quinn is, is thriving, the village in, own, in, in the parish unique. of Clooney. Yeah. It is, yeah. Quinn is thriving while Clooney suffers a bit with the yeah. national school and that, which is so unfortunate for them. And there's a vicious cycle operating mm -hmm. because, as it explained to us, um, they lost one teacher. Okay? Yeah. Now, once you start losing, it can be a slippery slope downwards. Yes, okay. yes. And We're all dreading that, I suppose, in all our communities and, and you know, not even out in Lack Island, Whitegate, fine at the moment. The yeah. predictions, unfortunately, for the next 10 years, a lot of young families seem to come at the same time. You know, our people yeah. um, uh, rearing young families. There's houses in Whitegate, for example, with four and five kids, which is unusual in houses. They're all going to Lack Isle School now. But when you look up the road for the next mm. family of four or five kids, I'm afraid uh, they're scarce. You know, yeah. we've just gone through but a good time. It, it doesn't have to be because... Um, you're too young to remember the Buchanan report. You probably have it in the back of yes, your mind. Yes. You know, okay. Jim, do you, you're too young as well. Oh, indeed I am, John. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the thinking, like, it's yeah. the thinking of the Buchanan report in contrast to the thinking behind the development plan that's emerging for discussion mm -hmm. and decision-making. The Buchanan report was designed uh, to give us eight growth centres in the country into which all of the uh, major developments would be actually positioned. Okay? Mm -hmm. Eight. And you, looking at a map of Ireland, you could easily guess what, what, which were the eight growth centres. Mm -hmm. And the idea then was that the villages feeding in 
to the growth centre would be uh, developed as commuter, commuter villages, you know, and also development of villages in their own right. Mm-hmm. It went to the Dáil for um, um, decision and was shot down because poli- bo- the two major political parties uh, had had members who weren't going to give up the little factories that yes. they had down in the villages yes, in West Clare or wherever mm-hmm. else it was, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think the question of the death of the village is not going to get a sufficient amount of consideration and reflection um, in the plan. In the plan, then, the, the, the planners tell us, and we had pl- plenty of debate about this now and plenty of lively workshops, I can tell yeah. you, you know, with, yeah. the, with the officials, and very good officials they are now, Helen Quinn and her team in the council, um, very proactive in that. And, you know, s- councillors would be looking to, <clears throat> to keep the, the planning, you know, to, to allow one-off houses in the countryside and which which is great and which is fine and then Helen Quinn might say what about the centre of your village wouldn't it be more important that we look after that mm-hmm. than building more houses out the country from an environmental point of view yeah and you know you mentioned West Clare and North Clare and I've visited there as well and obviously speak to councillors from those areas and they seem to be doing worse if that's the right word, then we are here. Oh, yeah, They obviously. seem to have the, yeah. the poor mouth a lot more than we have. And, <laughs> and, and yet, <clears throat> I speak to people back there in the peninsula and that, and friends of mine and people active in their communities and that, and they feel that the population hasn't declined all that much. It's the lack of participation by people in their communities is the, is the sad, um, you know, people who move into areas yes, yeah. and just don't, and you don't have to go to West Clare for that, I suppose. They just don't get involved in their communities, whether it's GA or whether it's whatever activity might be taking part in the parish. Um, in in Corrafin, for example, it was brought up at one of the workshops, the big housing estate there, Loch Daguna, on the outskirts of Corrafin. I don't know, there's a, there's a lot of houses in a housing estate there. And people went door to door to advise people that there was a a country market taking place down in the village every Saturday morning. And the people in the housing estate didn't in the village it. didn't know about it. Yeah. You know, lack of participation, well, doing yeah. their shopping in the bigger centres yeah. and coming home and bypassing the local shop. shop. I mean, I'm a, a big advocate of that, you know, shop local and keep, because when if, if and when it goes, it's gone. It you is know. gone. One of no, the things yeah. I, I think, uh, my experience, maybe our experience here in, in East Clare, is there is a huge involvement uh, from community. Mm. Uh, I mean, we were in Broadford there a couple of years, a couple of weeks ago. We were in Flagmount before that. But, Mm. I mean, you can pick any community, Bodaik, Tumgraney, Ogunalo, Mm -hmm. Whitegate, Mm -hmm. Scarif. Uh, There is a huge involvement here in community. One of the things I, you know, I've seen all the headings about the, you know, potential death of rural Ireland. Um, and I mean, you live in the heart of mm-hmm. rural Ireland yourself, and I mean, you would be aware of the rich quality of life there is mm-hmm. uh, living here in East Clare, whether you're living in, in out the countryside or whether you're living in one of the villages. Um, I mean, you know, would it, is it not true to say that to to threaten that kind of quality of life for people, uh, whether it's bringing up families or whether it's growing old in, in mm. these places, that... Um, that it would be a huge uh, sacrilege, if you like, to to destroy that uh, and and to you know m- let's say move everyone into Ennis. Yeah. Good point, Jim. Absolutely, that's why 
we, we mentioned <coughs> all the villages, we all know them, the Broadfords and the Whitegates, and the, the, where there's derelict buildings and derelict and shops that close down and all that. There needs to be a change of, of mindset, and that's what we are pushing in the county development plan for a scheme from the government to incentivise somehow incentivise people the street of Tulla springs to mind you know dereliction and um, to incentivise the people who own these properties to get up off their backside and and make them available to to the council or to a housing body or to somebody to kickstart life back into that's you see the council can only do so much and I know of like in my own village where people who own properties in the street might live in Cork or Longford I can think of people yeah. you know did you travel to Galway in your car I did, day. I did to find yes. a man I did indeed yeah. <laughs> I got, a, got a check off him for a can of pain <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you know out of, out of frustration yeah. really a man yeah. who bought a property and I suppose things went belly up then back in the day and yeah. uh, he nearly forgot he owned it. Th- yes. That type of, you know what I mean, maybe that's not a fair thing to say, but uh, he got a shock when I knocked on his door anyway, you know what I mean, to remind him yeah. of his, his premises in the village that we needed to do something yeah. with it. So just going back to the county development plan, I suppose, councillors would differ. Some councillors fight strongly for one-off housing in rural areas. Yes. When you speak about the quality of life um, in rural Ireland, and yeah. I think of my own area and down around Williamstown and that, where the people who live there don't want any more houses. That's why they have such a quality of life. <laughs> they can go for their walk and they meet people and there's a very yeah. uh, uh, um, nice looped walk there. And th- there are people who are out the country don't want any, you know what I mean? So the council would push to, to, to liven up the villages a bit more than building more one-off houses and let the villages decline okay. even further. And I'm inclined to agree with that. And I have other councillors, even in this area, we have disagreed you know on yeah. that very point because um if you take flagmount for example the, the council would love to see a developer come in there um in the village and build five or six houses and make them available to locals to purchase at an affordable price rather than giving those locals six one-off houses off out the country bring them into a into a community setting of a village and, and bring okay. a bit of life back into it and i think that's yeah. I want to come in on, on this because it's a bugbear of mine, of my own. And that is the, the level of education, education achievement in, in County Clare, we're talking about mm-hmm. County Clare, uh, is rising all the time. Interest in third level education rises all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm postulating this point that the higher the standard of education in an area, the more it becomes a pushing factor for the population. Because Michael, whoever he is, mm-hmm. does his leaving cert. What's next step? Third level. Gets his degree or diploma, or she gets mm-hmm. her degree or diploma. Right, next year, they're looking for a position that reflects this, the actual grade achievement. Do you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, that's a, a harsh reality. And I put that to Father Harry on one occasion. And we're talking about rural decline. I'm saying we're <laughs> contributing, you know, to rural decline. By the way, in yeah. fact, education has developed in the rural areas. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, how are we going to actually expect Michael, who got his degree in his master's and what have you, and he's into engineering. Where's he going to get the work? Mm-hmm. Where the engineering factory 
you know, our unit would be. Uh, of course, right. John, just to come in there now, I'm thinking of my own family yeah. and uh, have all done well, thankfully, and been well educated and got their masters and got everything going. And COVID brought a change then. Yeah. My eldest girl is based, by the way, in an office in care in South Tipperary. She hasn't been down there in 16 months. Yeah. She's working from home. Yeah. And I see her contributing hugely to the local community by living and being able to work from home. Yes. So COVID has the flip side of what you were saying, yeah. I think, a bit, where people have come back, you know, living at home with me, obviously, for the moment anyway, hasn't built her own house or anything yet, but uh, contributing to the local community the very, by the very fact that she can work from home. Mm. And, a, and that has brought about changes as well. And that's, what, and that's kind of linked into the county development plan a bit as well. You know, that, that where there will be, if my daughter wanted to build a house, I'd hope she'd get planning to live where she grew up. And, and, and she would get planning. Nothing has changed there. Yeah. You know, if she comes yeah. from the local area and you own the land and all of that. And the, the, the days of the speculators are kind of over, you know, buying up sites and building in areas that... A lot of people would agree that's maybe no harm because they're outpricing the locals mm-hmm. and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I suppose the, the big issue that I should touch on in the county development plan is, and Councillor Joe Cooney is uh, singing the same tune all the time, and, and he's right, the lack of infrastructure and in villages. Mm-hmm. And Broadford is a classic example where... How are you going to address that? A pilot scheme by the Dep- Irish Water have no are responsible but don't have the funds to build infrastructure, and we have 12 of them in the Killaloo Municipal District. You have? 12 of them, like um, Broadford, because they're such an active community there and have had, had us there time after time again, and we've brought ministers there, and, and the most recent one was Minister Darrow O'Brien, um, where, please God now, uh, Broadford will be used and uh, tr- a treatment plant will be bil- built there and it will be used mm. as, a, as a template or as a pilot scheme for the rest of the country. Uh, do you mind going by through the that? Would you mind going through that again? Because this is going to be music mm. to the ears of the Broadford Of course, people. yes, yes. You wouldn't mind going? Because, and, and Broadford, I suppose, it is a commuter village. Oh, it's proximity to Limerick. Yeah. You know, that it, it is a village that can expand and people can and will move in there. I suppose the only downside is the, the topography of the area, if that's the right word, doesn't lend itself to too much building. You know, the, the right. valleys and the hills, yeah. that type of thing. But at the same time, there's, a, there's plenty of land around there. And that's why... Broadford, all villages that don't have infrastructure need it, but because the Broadford Action Committee are so active and are always on to us and get the minister down and get this and get that, it looks like it's going to happen in Broadford now. Are you a, serious? A pilot scheme, absolutely. The minister gave us his assurance, okay, it has taken a bit longer than we would have liked. I raised it at the last meeting just before Christmas again. Have we any news from the minister on the Broadford pilot scheme? But... Um, that, that 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 looks like it's going to happen. If which you is want, which uh, is proof positive that local um, activity, yes, that people uh, involved in yeah, community yeah, yeah. activity, so in to to make a case yeah, for their own that's right, area. That's right. Like we have twelve, so we have twelve villages with no with no infrastructure. Broadford looks like it's going to be used now as, as a model. As a model, and of course the councillors in Carrigaholt, yeah, Curraclare. Doolan, no treatment. What do they scheme. say about this? Oh, sure, they don't like to hear the minister was in Broadford, but that's <laughs> up to them. <laughs> that's up Is to that them. the reality of, 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 the, of the game? 
Well, I think it is, John, particularly in Broadford, I have to say. <laughs> They've had successive ministers, yeah. you know, come yeah. to Broadford, the recent, most recent one being Minister Dara O'Brien. And by God, we didn't let him away into his care and away without getting an assurance yeah. from him, you know, and the, the Oireachtas members, of course, as well in the area. And they pull together, I mean... Oh, we do, of course. You I, know, I, think, and and I mean... We do, John, and I have to say, and it's, it's widely recognised inside in the council, yeah. that the five... Killaloo councillors do pull together more so than other areas. And we're very so proud of you. Do you know that? Do you, do you, do you <laughs> know that's, that, that's to the benefit of, of, of the, the district. Of course yes. it is. Okay. Of course, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. So you could see that, Jim, in Killaloo there recently at the awards. That's day. right. You know yes. what I mean? We're all there together. We're there nominating people and we're having the banter. But we, we, we're all in touch with each other, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and everything uh, revolves around the five of us, really. And, and, you, and you, you come in here, sure. And I mean, you join us so often. We're spread out nicely, Geographically you as are. well, yeah. If, even if I'm, I'm down in the corner where I am, God help us, and the others. Then we're all scattered around, mm. you know, covering our own areas and coming together. Then into Scariff and Tulla, yeah. where maybe there mightn't be an, an actual sitting councillor from the parish or, mm. or whatever. So that could change too, of course, any time. <laughs> but uh, we do. We pull together. <laughs> More so are better than the the other areas, and I, I they might be listening to me this morning. But it is recognised yeah. that the five Killaloo we all happen to be me and I suppose um, get on well together for the benefit of the yeah. area. Yeah, I'm just looking at we'll say two other things I suppose in the area. One is the development of Holy Island, which has progressed yes, recently with has, the, the purchase has. of of Earth the centre yeah, there, yeah. the old rectory right, in Mount Shannon. That's right. And the other thing is the the proposed greenway from from Limerick out. Uh, to Scarif. That's right. The and just looking at the, I mean, a question for you, the, and I mean, I'm sure we're not the first person to put that to you, but would it not make sense to tie in the two, to bring that greenway mm-hmm. all the way to, certainly to Inish Caltra, or even connect it up with, uh, isn't the other greenway up in Woodford? Yes, uh, yes. Is the, would say, the Galway yeah, section the, of it. Mm. Um, yes, of course, ideally that, that would happen. But again, the terrain or the, the, the landscape, not that simple now. You know, it's, it's all very fine. And the greenways that, that we're used to, of course, are on the old railways and that, you know, Mulrenny, Waterford, yeah. Limerick, Rathkeel, the one now proposed for West Clare. And I'm back there. Actually, it's not in my area at all, but I was invited back there to meet a group of farmers because I'm a farmer myself, I suppose, and understand the issues. Some of them aren't very happy with the proposed route. Uh, because the railway was the West Clare Railway, some some of it farmers dug it up and you know disposed of it or whatever, so it's no longer there to be seen. And the council's preference then the the farmers there would prefer if they if they actually went the route of the railway. The the consultants wanted going in a different part, of, you know, the other side of the field or whatever. So there's plenty of issues, but they're on old railways. We obviously don't have a railway from Scariff to Mount Shannon or why. It's not that. You know, it's big work now to, to install these greenways. That they're, they're not as simple as it sounds. You know, you, um, the old canal out from Limerick, out to Clanlara, yeah. Brian's Bridge. It's perfectly suitable. Perfectly suitable, you so see. When you're an out of that, then you're... Yeah, they're asking us, we're asked this quite frequently, where where will the greenway from Killaloo to, we'll say, Scar, where will it kind of, uh, where will it be? It, 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 we don't know. There's, what do you there's think there's of options. Well, you see, if you take the, 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 the footpath or, um, you know, the works now where you can walk from, yeah. well, there's a little section there in Tumgraney that we, we have, we're at loggerheads about to get it finished, but from, from the bottom of Raheen Hill, I suppose, the where the, you know, yeah. to Killaloo, yeah. you can walk or, or cycle. Now, that, that's, that's a, a footpath. It's not a greenway. The greenway could be adjacent to that. 
It could be down by the water. If could it be by the water? It could, if, if the landowners consent. There, there's plenty of options being looked at there. Really? There is, yeah. We don't, there's nothing def, de, My, definite God, can yet. You, can you imagine if you were successful in getting the Greenway down to the shores of the oh, yeah, Shannon? Yeah, My God. Yeah, okay. Now, that would put... That would, you see. Uh, that that would put Westport Ackle in the right. shade. It would. It wouldn't would. It? it would, absolutely. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But the, the benefits then to East Clare from a tourism point mm. of view would say of... Of the Greenway, of Inish Caltra, and link, linking all that yeah, up. Yeah. Uh, massive. It would, it would be oh, yeah. massive. And, and I'm always saying, you're tired of me saying, I suppose, the potential is there to make yeah. all this happen. There's no yeah. doubt about that. The Killaloo Bypass will be a huge um, asset, you know, to yeah. make it easier for people to commute. Who wants to get stuck on the bridge in Killaloo for half an hour with traffic lights in a, on a summer's <laughs> evening? You know, we've all been there. Um, the purchase of the rectory was, was a big... Uh, a big catch now to be honest with you you know the the community in Mount Shannon there's there's no secret they weren't happy with the with the preferred location initially to build a visitor center um so that fell through then the community stood firm so that didn't happen so I was bothered about this and and I do recall driving Tinas one day and uh, it had been said to me you know what about the rectory so I went all the way to the top, as we have to do sometimes, up to the third floor and knocked on a door and sat down and asked them to, to investigate the possibility. Now, it wasn't, it's hard to buy some, or purchase something that isn't for sale, as Indeed. we all know. Um, it wasn't for sale or anything like that, but, but approaches were made. Took a long time, very commercially sensitive, to be honest with you. I knew it was progressing well, but I, I told nobody, um, because just in case... It mightn't happen. And thankfully, I, I remember where I was the day I got the phone call to say, we've got the rectory now. So the people in Mount Shannon, the community and the people who were opposed to the, the previous site for the building of an interpretive centre um, are thrilled now with that. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm yeah. delighted that that it's the logical, took a while. It was yeah. the logical <laughs> one, wasn't it? Really? It was, it was, mm. it was. And, and, is, and there, will be. is there a time <laughs> scale, uh, even on paper, uh, uh, for, for yeah. let's say... The development of the rectory and, you know, associated development. Yeah, so funding now, an application being put together now for funding again that Minister Heather Humphrey's department and um, under the Rural Regeneration Fund, you see, you have to tick the boxes, don't you, for all these schemes. It's like the, the Community Monuments Fund for Clanrush Symmetry. You, you have to tick the boxes and go to the right people and make sure you have your eyes dotted and your t's crossed as you know it's not like before because they're all subject to audits now where all this money goes and where it's spent and that so the last tranche of money for holy island um i think was well spent you know behind the scenes on all of this (coughs) cost money (coughs) to do all this consultative work and uh, the the survey of the island itself and all that going on behind the scenes with the last tranche of money and the next round then will be for the development of the rectory so hopefully jim within a year to, within two years maybe you know um, we might see the rectory open to visitors to, to start yeah. off the, the, the process Pat, there as, as we move towards a, a conclusion because we've I think we've even overstepped so enthusiastic we've got away from the county devils and yeah. a bit you know yeah. and I was to, to, just to toss in as we're sitting here in Scarif Scarif and Tumgraney are considered a, you know the, the one a service town yeah. for, for services and all of that and we had plenty of debate about that so under the county development plan there is there will be permission to build 64 units enough land zoned for 64 units as they call them in houses, the Scarif in the Scarif Tumgraney area yeah. throughout the lifetime of this plan yeah. the problem there is the planners sit down look at a map of Scarif and put a ring around 
land. The, yeah. the problem then can be that those particular landowners may have no interest in, in developing or yeah. selling their land. So that's not the council officials' yeah. fault. Then they yeah. do their best. They look at they strategically zone the lands yeah. where they around the centres of towns where possible. And that, but just to say that in Scarif Tumgraney, and we think, or I certainly feel that, gosh, if sixty-four houses. Um, were built by private de- developers in the Scarif Tungraney area. That would be a fair injection of people would, into the would. area. Whether yeah. that land will become available or not. See, that's, yes. that's where Scarif is streets ahead of the places that don't have the... We're fortunate yeah. in Whitegate. We have services, Mount Shannon, yeah. uh, Scarif Tungraney. But there's, there's 12 villages in the Killoo Municipal District that have no services. And the land that was zoned there one time is being de-zoned. Do you have any... Do you, as a councillor, do you have any say at all <clears throat> in... Um, a uh, house, uh, an application for an estate, okay? Uh, do you have any say in what type of housing, design-wise? Uh, yes and no, I suppose, if you take the development here in Scarlet. Should now, you have a yeah. say? Um, should we have a say? I suppose it's, at the end of the day, it's down to, to we'll say, where the council build their own estates, yeah. it's down to funding. And how many units they can get in under budget? Yeah, I'm calling them units now. Yeah, that's fair what enough. They call yeah. them. Yeah. And the the proposal now for Scarif for the Fecal Road is um, apartments and that we wouldn't be altogether happy with those. But seventy percent of people on the council housing waiting list are for one and two bedrooms, be they apartments or or, or houses. They're not for three or four bedroom houses. Mm. That's the reality because yes. we argue that and they put the figures before us. Yeah. So 70% yeah. of people require one or two bed okay. apartments or houses. So that's we'll what's going to ahead. To we'll have to come back to we this. We will indeed. Yeah. Pat Buck, listen, our time has come to an end this morning. We're delighted. Uh, and you do look in great shape now, in fairness, <laughs> considering last night was New Year's Eve. Uh, many thanks for coming into us this morning. We look forward to talk to you again. More and as always, it's, it's very interesting. Thank you, Jim. Okay. And we'll talk about farming next time.